Act Two of Henry the Sixth, Part Two, by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One, Saint Albans. Enter King Henry the Sixth, Queen Margaret, Gloucester, Cardinal, and Suffolk with falconers hollowing believe me lords for flying at the brook i saw not better sport these seven years day yet by your leave the wind was very high and ten to one old joan had not gone out but what a point my lord your falcon made and what a pitch she flew above the rest to see how god in all his creatures works yea man and birds are fain of climbing high no marvel and it like your majesty my lord protectors hawks do tower so well they know their master loves to be aloft and bears his thoughts above his falcon's pitch my lord tis but a basic noble mind that mounts no higher than a bird can soar i thought as much he would be above the clouds ay my lord cardinal how think you by that were it not good your grace could fly to heaven the treasury of everlasting joy thy heaven is on earth thine eyes and thoughts beat on a crown the treasure of thy heart pernicious protector dangerous peer that smoothed it so with king and commonweal what cardinal is your priesthood going peremptory tantene animis coestibus irae churchman so hot good uncle hide such malice with such holiness can you do it no malice sir no more than well becomes so good a quarrel and so bad of peer as who my lord why as you my lord and like your lordly lord protectorship why suffolk england knows thine insolence and thy ambition gloucester i prithee peace good queen and wet not on these furious peers for blessed are the peacemakers on earth let me be blessed for the peace i make against this proud protector with my sword aside to cardinal faith holy uncle would twere come to that aside to gloucester marry when thou darest aside to cardinal make up no factious numbers for the matter in thine own person answer thy abuse aside to gloucester ay where thou darest not peep and if thou darest this evening on the east side of the grove how now my lords believe me cousin gloucester had not your man put up the fowl so suddenly we had had more sport aside to gloucester come with thy two-hand sword true uncle aside to gloucester are ye advised the east side of the grove aside to cardinal cardinal i am with you why how now uncle gloucester talking of hawking nothing else my lord aside to cardinal now by god's mother priest i'll shave your crown for this or all my fence shall fail aside to gloucester medici te ipsum protector see to it well protect yourself the winds grow high so do your stomachs lords how irksome is this music to my heart when such strings jar what hope of harmony i pray my lords let me compound this strife enter a townsman of st albans crying a miracle what means this noise fellow what miracle dost thou proclaim a miracle a miracle come to the king and tell him what miracle forsooth a, a blind man at st albans shrine within this half hour hath received his sight a man that ne'er saw in his life before 
Now God be praised that to believing souls gives light in darkness, comfort in despair. Enter the mayor of St. Albans and his brethren, bearing Simcox, between two in a chair, Simcox's wife following. Here comes the townsman on procession to present your highness with the man. Great is his comfort in this earthly vale, although by sight his sin be multiplied. Stand by, my masters. Bring him near the king. His highness's pleasure is to talk with him. Good fellow, tell us here the circumstance, that we for thee may glorify the Lord. What, hast thou been long blind and now restored? Born blind, and please your grace. Ay, indeed was he. What woman is this? His wife, and like your worship. Hadst thou been his mother, thou couldst have better told. Where wert thou born? At Berwick in the north, and like your grace. Poor soul, God's goodness hath been great to thee. Let never day nor night unhallowed pass, but still remember what the Lord hath done. Tell me, good fellow, camest thou here by chance, or of devotion to this holy shrine? God knows of pure devotion, of being called a hundred times and oftener in my sleep by good saint alban who said simcox come come offer it to my shrine and i will help thee most true forsooth and many time and oft myself have heard a voice to call him so what art thou lame ay god almighty help me how camest thou so a fall off of a tree a plum tree master how long hast thou been blind born so master what and wouldst climb a tree but that in all my life, when I was a youth. Too true, and bought his climbing very dear. Mass, thou lovedst plums well, thou wouldst venture so. Alas, good master, my wife desired some damsons, and made me climb with danger of my life. A subtle knave, but yet it shall not serve. Let me see thine eyes. Wink now. Now open them. In my opinion, yet thou seest not well. Yes, master. Clear as day, I thank God and St. Auburn. Sayest thou me so? What colour is this cloak of? Red, master. Red as blood. Why, that's well said. What colour is this gown of? Black, forsooth. Coal black as jet. Why, then, thou knowst what colour jet is of? And yet I think jet did he never see. But cloaks and gowns before this day are many. Never before this day in all his life. Tell me, sirrah, what's my name? Alas, master, I know not. What's his name? I know not. Nor his? No, indeed, master. What's thine own name? Saunter Simcox, and if it please you, master. Then, Saunter, sit there, blindest knave in Christendom. If thou hadst been born blind, Thou mightest as well have known all our names, as thus to name the several colours we do wear. Sight may distinguish of colours, but suddenly, to nominate them all, it is impossible. My lords, St. Alban here hath done a miracle. And would ye not think his cunning to be great, that could restore this cripple to his legs again? Oh, master, that if you could! My masters of St. Albans, have ye not beadles in your town, and things called whips? Yes, my lord, if it please your grace. Then send for one presently. Sir, go fetch the beadle hither straight. Exit, an attendant. Now, fetch me a stool hither by and by. 
Now, Sirrah, if you mean to save yourself from whipping, leap me over this stool and run away. Alas, master, I'm not able to stand alone. You go about to torture me in vain. Enter a beetle with whips. Well, sir, we must have you find your legs. Sirrah beetle, whip him till he leap over that same stool. I will, my lord. Come on, Sirrah, off with your doublet quickly. Alas, master, what shall I do? I'm not able to stand. After the beetle hath hit him once, he leaps over the stool and runs away, and they follow and cry, A miracle! O oh God, seest thou this and bearest so long? It made me laugh to see the villain run. Follow the knave and take this drab away. Alas, sir, we did it for pure need. Let them be whipped through every market town till they come to Berwick from whence they came. Exalt, wife, beetle, mayor, etc. Duke Humphrey has done a miracle to-day. True, made the lame to leap and fly away. But you have done more miracles than I. You made in a day, my lord, whole towns to fly. Enter Buckingham. What tidings with our cousin Buckingham? Such as my heart doth tremble to unfold. A sort of naughty persons, lewdly bent, under the countenance and confederacy of Lady Eleanor, the protector's wife. The ringleader and head of all this rout have practised dangerously against your state, dealing with witches and with conjurers, whom we have apprehended in the fact, raising up wicked spirits from underground, demanding of King Henry's life and death, and other of your highness's privy counsel, as more at large your grace shall understand. Aside to Gloucester. And so, my lord protector, by this means, your lady is forthcoming yet at London. This news, I think, hath turned your weapon's edge. Tis like, my lord, you will not keep your hour. Ambitious churchman, leave to afflict my heart. Sorrow and grief have vanquished all my powers, and, vanquished as I am, I yield to thee, or to the meanest groom. O oh God, what mischiefs work the wicked ones, heaping confusion on their own heads thereby. Gloucester, see here the tainture of thy nest, and look thyself be faultless thou wert best. Madam, for myself to heaven I do appeal, how I have loved my king and commonweal, and for my wife I know not how it stands. Sorry I am to hear what I have heard. Noble she is, but if she have forgot honour and virtue, and conversed with such as, like to pitch, defile nobility. I banish her my bed and company, and give her as a prey to law and shame, that have dishonoured Gloucester's honest name. Well, for this night we will repose us here, to-morrow toward London back again, to look into this business thoroughly, and call these foul offenders to their answers, and poise the cause in justice equal scales, whose beams stand sure, whose rightful cause prevails. Flourish. Exeunt. Scene 2. London. York's Garden. Enter York, Salisbury, and Warwick. Now, my good lords of Salisbury and Warwick, our simple supper ended, give me leave in this close walk to satisfy myself in craving your opinion of my title, which is infallible, to England's crown. My lord, I long to hear it at full. Sweet York. Begin, and if thy claim be good, the Nevilles are thy subjects to command. Then thus, 
Edward the Third, my lords, had seven sons. The first, Edward the Black Prince, Prince of Wales. The second, William of Hatfield, and the third, Lionel, Duke of Clarence, next to whom was John of Gaunt, the Duke of Lancaster. The fifth was Edmund Langley, Duke of York. The sixth was Thomas of Woodstock, Duke of Gloucester. William of Windsor was the seventh and last. Edward, the Black Prince, died before his father, and left behind him Richard, his only son, who, after Edward III's death, reigned as king, till Henry Bolingbroke, Duke of Lancaster, the eldest son and heir of John of Gaunt, crowned by the name of Henry IV, seized on the realm, deposed the rightful king, sent his poor queen to France from whence she came, and him to Pomfret, where, as you all know, harmless Richard was murdered traitorously. Father, the Duke hath told the truth. Thus got the house of Lancaster the crown. Which now they hold by force and not by right. For Richard, the first son's heir being dead, the issue of the next son should have reigned. But William of Hatfield died without an heir. The third son, Duke of Clarence, from whose line I claimed the crown, had issue. Philippe, a daughter, who married Edmund Mortimer, Earl of March. Edmund had issue, Roger, Earl of March. Roger had issue, Edmund, Anne, and Eleanor. This Edmund, in the reign of Bolingbroke, as I have read, laid claim unto the crown, and but for Owen Glendower had been king, who kept him in captivity till he died, but to the rest. His eldest sister, Anne, my mother, being heir unto the crown, married Richard, Earl of Cambridge, who was son to Edmund Langley, Edward III's fifth son. By her I claim the kingdom. She was heir to Roger, Earl of March, who was the son of Edmund Mortimer, who married Philippe, sole daughter unto Lionel, Duke of Clarence. So, if the issue of the elder son succeed before the younger, I am king." What plain proceeding is more plain than this? Henry doth claim the crown from John of Gaunt, the fourth son. York claims it from the third. Till Lionel's issue fails, his should not reign. It fails not yet, but flourishes in thee and in thy sons, fair slips of such a stock. Then, Father Salisbury, kneel we together, and in this private plot be we the first that shall salute our rightful sovereign, with honour of his birthright to the crown. Long live, Long live our sovereign, sovereign Richard, Richard, England's king. We thank you, lords. But I am not your king till I be crowned, and that my sword be stained with heart blood of the house of Lancaster. And that's not suddenly to be performed, but with advice and silent secrecy. Do you as I do in these dangerous days. Wink at the Duke of Suffolk's insolence, at Beaufort's pride, at Somerset's ambition, at Buckingham and all the crew of them, till they have snared the shepherd of the flock, that virtuous prince, the good Duke Humphrey. "'Tis that they seek, and they, in seeking that, shall find their deaths, if York can prophesy. "'My lord, break we off. We know your mind at full. "'My heart assures me that the Earl of Warwick shall one day make the Duke of York a king. "'And, Neville, this I do assure myself. Richard shall live to make the Earl of Warwick the greatest man in England but the king.' 
Exempt. Scene three. A hall of justice. Sound trumpets. Enter King Henry the Sixth, Queen Margaret, Gloucester, York, Suffolk, and Salisbury. The Duchess Margaret Jourdain, Southwell, Hume, and Bolingbroke under guard. Stand forth, Dame Eleanor Cobham, Gloucester's wife. In sight of God and us, your guilt is great. Receive the sentence of the law for sins such as by God's book are adjudged to death. You four, from hence to prison back again, from thence unto the place of execution. The witch in Smithfield shall be burned to ashes, and you three shall be strangled on the gallows. You, madam, for you are more nobly born, despoiled of your honour in your life, shall, after three days' open penance done, live in your country here in banishment, with Sir John Stanley in the Isle of Man. Welcome is banishment. Welcome were my death. Eleanor, the law you seest hath judged thee. I cannot justify who the law condemns. Exeunt Duchess and other prisoners guarded. Mine eyes full of tears, my heart of grief. Ah, oh, Humphrey, this dishonour in thine age will bring my head with sorrow to the ground. I beseech thy majesty, give me leave to go. Sorrow would solace, and mine age would ease. Stay, Humphrey, Duke of Gloucester. Ere thou go, give up thy staff. Henry will to himself protector be, and God shall be my hope, my stay, my guide, and lantern to my feet. And go in peace, Humphrey, no less beloved than when thou wert protector to thy king. I see no reason why a king of years should be to be protected like a child. God and King Henry govern England's realm. Give up your staff, sir, and the king his realm. My staff? Here, noble Henry, is my staff. As willingly do I the same resign, as ere thy father Henry made it mine, and even as willingly at thy feet I leave it, as others would ambitiously receive it. Farewell, good king, when I am dead and gone, may honourable Peace, attend thy throne. Exit. Why, now is Henry king, and Margaret queen, and Humphrey, Duke of Gloucester, scarce himself, that bears so shrewd a mame. Two pulls at once, his lady banished, and a limb lopped off. This staff of honour wrought, there let it stand where it best fits to be, in Henry's hand. Thus droops this lofty pine and hangs his sprays. Thus Eleanor's pride dies in her youngest days. Lords, let him go. Please it, your majesty, this is the day appointed for the combat, and ready are the appellant and defendant, the armorer and his man, to enter the lists. So please your highness to behold the fight. Ay, good my lord, for purposely therefore left I the court to see this quarrel tried. O God's name, see the lists and all things fit. Here let them end it, and God defend the right. I never saw a fellow worse bested or more afraid to fight than is the appellant, the servant of this armorer, my lords. Enter at one door, Horner, the armorer, and his neighbors, drinking to him so much that he is drunk. 
and he enters with a drum before him and his staff with a sandbag fastened to it and at the other door peter his man with a drum and sandbag and prentices drinking to him yeah neighbor horner i drink to you in a cup of sack and fear not neighbor you shall do well enough and here neighbor here's a cup of charnico and here's a paw good double bear neighbor drinking for not your man let it come out faith and i pledge you all and a fig for peter for credit of the prentices i thank you all drink and pray for me i pray you for i think i have taken my last draught in this world here robin and if i die i give thee my apron and will thou shalt have my hammer and here tom take all the money that i have oh lord bless me i pray god for i am never able to deal with my master he hath learnt me so much fence already come leave your drinking and fall to blows sirrah what's thy name peter forsooth peter what more thump thump then see thou thump thy master well masters i have come hither as it were upon my man's instigation to prove him a knave and myself an honest man and touching the duke of york i will take my death i never meant him any ill nor the king nor the queen and therefore peter have at thee with a downright blow dispatch this knave's tongue begins to double sound trumpets alarum to the combatants alarum they fight and peter strikes him down hold peter hold i confess i confess treason dies take away his weapon fellow thank god and the good wine in thy master's way oh god have i overcome mine enemy in this presence Oh, Peter, thou hast prevailed in right. Go, take hence that traitor from our sight. For his death we do perceive his guilt, and God in justice hath revealed to us the truth and innocence of this poor fellow, which he had thought to have murdered wrongfully. Come, fellow, follow us for thy reward. Sound a flourish. Exeunt. Scene four. A street. Enter Gloucester and his serving-man, in mourning cloaks. Thus sometimes hath the brightest day a cloud, And after summer evermore succeeds barren winter, With his wrathful nipping cold, So cares and joys abound, as seasons fleet. Sirs, what's o'clock? Ten, my lord. Ten is the hour that was appointed me, To watch becoming of my punished duchess. Beneath may she endure the flinty streets, To tread them with her tender feeling feet. Sweet Nell, ill can thy noble mind a brook, The abject people gazing on thy face With envious looks, laughing at thy shame. That erst did follow thy proud chariot wheels, When thou didst ride in triumph through the streets. But soft, I think she comes, And I will prepare my tear-stained eyes to see her miseries. Enter the Duchess, in a white sheet, and a taper burning in her hand, with Stanley, the sheriff, and officers. So please, your grace, we'll take her from the sheriff. No, still not for your lives. Let her pass by. Come you, my lord, to see my open shame. 
Now thou dost penance too. Look how they gaze. See how the giddy multitude do point and nod their heads and throw their eyes on thee. Ah, Gloucester, hide thee from their hateful looks, and in thy closet pent up rue my shame, and ban thine enemies, both mine and thine. Be patient, gentle Nell. Forget this grief. Ah, Gloucester, teach me to forget myself. For whilst I think I am thy married wife, and thou a prince, protector of this land, methinks I should not thus be led along mailed up in shame with papers at my back and followed with a rabble that rejoiced to see my tears and hear my deep fet groans the ruthless flint doth cut my tender feet and when i start the envious people laugh and bid me be advised how i tread ah oh, humphrey can i bear this shameful yoke trust thou that ere I'll look upon the world, or count them happy that enjoy the sun. No, dark shall be my light, and night my day, to think upon my pomp shall be my hell. Sometime I'll say I am Duke Humphrey's wife, and he a prince and ruler of the land. Yet so he ruled, and such a prince he was, as he stood by whilst I, his forlorn duchess, was made a wonder and a pointing-stock to every idle rascal follower. But be thou mild, and blush not at my shame, nor stir at nothing, till the axe of death hang over thee, as, sure, it shortly will. For Suffolk, he that can do all in all with her that hateth thee, and hates us all, and York, an impious Beaufort, that false priest, have all limed bushes to betray thy wings. And fly thou how thou canst, they'll tangle thee. But fear not thou until thy foot be snared, nor never seek prevention of thy foes. Ah, oh, Nell, forbear, thou aim'st all awry. I must offend before I be attainted, and had I twenty times so many foes, and each of them had twenty times their power, all these could not procure me any scathe, so long as I am loyal, true, and crimeless. Wouldst have me rescue thee from this reproach? Why, yet thy scandal were not wiped away, but I in danger for the breach of law. Thy greatest help is quiet, gentle Nell. I pray thee, sort thy heart to patience. These few days one day will be quickly worn. Enter a herald. I summon your grace to his majesty's parliament, holden at Bury the first of this next month. And my consent ne'er asked here and before. This is close dealing. Well, I will be there. Exit herald. My now, I take my leave. And master sheriff, let not her penance exceed the king's commission. And please, your grace, here my commission stays, and Sir John Stanley is appointed now to take her with him to the Isle of Man. Must you, Sir John, protect my lady here? So am I given in charge, may it please your grace. Entreat her not the worse, in that I pray you use her well. The world may laugh again, and I may live to do you kindness if you do it her. And so, Sir John, farewell. What? Gone, my lord, and bid me not farewell. With this my tears, I cannot stay to speak. Exalt, Gloucester, and serving men. Art thou gone too? 
All comfort go with thee, for none abides with me. My joy is death. Death, at whose name I oft have been afeard, because I wished this world's eternity. Stanley, I prithee go, and take me hence. I care not whither, for I beg no favour. Only convey me where thou art commanded. Why, madam, that is to the Isle of Man, there to be used according to your state. <laughs> That's bad enough, for I am but reproach. And shall I then be used reproachfully? Like to a duchess and Duke Humphrey's lady. According to that state you shall be used. Sheriff, farewell, and better than I fare, although thou hast been the conduct of my shame. It is my office, and madam, pardon me. Ay, ay, farewell. Thy office is discharged. Come, Stanley, shall we go? Madam, your penance done, throw off this sheet, and go we to attire you for our journey. My shame will not be shifted with my sheet. No, it will hang upon my richest robes, and show itself. Attire me how I can. Go. Lead the way. I long to see my prison. Exeunt. End of Act Two.